Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Amy Alarcon, Head of Culinary for Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Popeye's just launched a blackened chicken sandwich featuring an unbreaded chicken filet coated with Cajun and Creole spices. After Popeye's off-the-chart success with its fried chicken sandwich, Amy and her team spent four years perfecting the cooking technique and flavor profile of this new sandwich. Listen as she shares its R&D journey, talks about the importance of New Orleans as her culinary inspiration point, relates how Popeye's is getting ready to meet the demand for its wildly popular fried Thanksgiving turkeys, and reveals what's in the works for 2023. Welcome, Amy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. And so tell me, let's start by you telling me a little bit about your culinary journey and the steps that brought you to Popeye's. Sure. Uh, yeah, I've been in the restaurant industry in some way, shape, or form since about 1988. You know, started cooking in college, and uh, you know, it's funny. I always joke. I I started working in restaurants because I needed money for you know typical college student pastimes, <laughs> and that suddenly became my world, and I've been in it ever since, and and wouldn't change a thing. Just, you know, I come from a family and we always joke, we march on our stomach, you know, that background of people who are like, at breakfast, we're working on like, let's talk about lunch. At lunch, we're talking about dinner and it's like wash, rinse and repeat every day. So um, good, fresh, Southern style cooking is, it was how I was raised and very fortunate over the years from going to culinary school kind of morphing into that product development role for restaurant chains. I've worked at churches, Arby's, Taco Cabana, but just really found a great home at Popeye's. Um, There's just something so exciting about, you know, the, the rich food history this brand carries, you know, being a Louisiana and New Orleans inspired uh, menu. It's one of those things that's like the gift that keeps on giving because it's got such a unique food story. And just being able to represent that and do that every day is it's just a joy. And you have so much to draw on from that region. So it must be exciting. And you've been really busy the last couple of years, first with your wildly successful fried chicken sandwich that everybody else copied, and then chicken nuggets. So I know you were first out of the gate with the chicken sandwich. And how did you make it the gold standard that people started imitating? You you know, again, it's one of those products that tells the story of the brand in a, in a way, I think that that really helps our guests connect the dots from the, you know, we, we use the butter that goes on the biscuits to butter the buns before we put it in the toaster, the breading on that chicken sandwich. It's, it's just like so delicate and crunchy yet it really holds up. And I think a, a little hidden gem of the sandwich and why it was so successful was that, we, we really didn't know what was about to happen in 2020. I don't think any of us predicted what, what happened, but we just happened to create a sandwich that also holds up really well in delivery and, you know, 
you can eat it 30 minutes later from the time you bought it and it's still crunchy and crispy. And, mm. and so I think there's just so many things that we baked into it that are, you know, perfectly part of the Popeye's DNA. Uh, the, the spicy seasoning that we use on it, that's the same spicy seasoning that goes into our famous fried chicken. The, the marination that's in the chicken itself is like the same seasoning that goes on our classic fried chicken. So we're able to like capture all those flavors and kind of like relate the story of a brand um, in a sandwich. And I think that's something that, you know, it wasn't like we were sitting in the kitchen thinking about it. It just organically happened that way. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things about being a brand like Popeye's and with our culinary heritage so linked to Louisiana, there's always this expectation of kind of what I call the, the, the senses being ignited every time you eat a product of ours, because there's certainly like you hear the crunch, you see <laughs> this beautiful food, you taste the bold spices. It, it's just one of those things that's inherent with our brand to have like we, we like to say bold, saturated flavors, heavy in a marination. Like there's not a protein that, that comes through our doors that you're going to get from us that has not had that kind of like slow and careful, intentional marination and seasoning that's gone into it. Yeah, it makes a difference. We actually did a comparison of chicken sandwiches during the pandemic and yours really did hold up well during delivery. We got them all delivered and yours was the crunchiest, I have to say. My work here is done. <laughs> Objective met. That's amazing. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. And then you did the chicken nuggets. So the, how do you differentiate those? Is it the same criteria and the same kinds very of qualities? Much, yeah, very much so. I think that was taking what we learned about what people loved about the chicken sandwich, you know, which is the chicken, duh, first and foremost. I mean, let's, of course, the bread's amazing. That brioche is awesome. But, but just that that just because it's a kind of a classic flavor doesn't mean it's lacking in flavor and that coating that's on the chicken sandwich that's so light and delicate and crispy is awesome as a sauce carrier you get mm. those little nooks and crannies there's a, a term that the founder of Popeye's coined when he talked about the texture of the crust of a Popeye's chicken he called it the crispy poppies <laughs> <laughs> So like not Rice Krispies, but crispy poppies. But that that kind of element of having like the way that breading adheres to the chicken and you've got like all the little crags and crannies, that is like the world's most perfect carrier for sauce. Yeah. And let's face it, nuggets, it's, yes, the product itself has to be amazing, but it also is a vehicle for sauce. And we have some amazing sauces in our lineup. I'm a Mardi Gras mustard followed by sweet heat person myself, but that was kind of like what we were thinking of. Like, like it's, it's like a food and wine pairing in our case, it's a nugget and sauce pairing. <laughs> I love that. And now you're on to the newest competitor in the chicken sandwich wars, the blackened chicken sandwich. So can you describe that and tell me, you know, you spent four years perfecting it. It must be amazing. Yeah, we were like, I'm going on lucky number seven. We have tested seven different iterations of the blackened chicken sandwich. Wow. And it was, I call it the Goldilocks project. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those like, 
first I felt like the filet was too small and then, you know, we couldn't drive enough flavor into it. I mean, we've tried different buns, different sizes, different ways of marinating the chicken. The one thing we knew was that, you know, blackened is, you know, it was a cooking technique. It kind of like became all the rage in the 80s. It was a Paul Prudhomme creation that he did when he was at Commander's Palace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think about it, like blackened chicken has been around. Like, I feel like our brethren in the casual dining arena, you like you, you've seen that term around a lot. I think what's different about what we're doing is that some people approach blackened or Cajun, like they think it's all about the heat. Like blackening is, is it's a, it's a type of spices on one hand, but it's also that way of like coating a piece of protein and this select blend of spices. And it almost creates like a crust. So you get that, like you seal the exterior of your protein, in our case, chicken, of course, that's our medium, but you keep the juices inside. So it still comes out as like a nice, moist, beautiful piece of meat. So that's what we were trying to to get with. And, and we also, because, you know, we're looking at it as, you know, what we, we call it breading free, but flavorful. Mm. So, you know, when you're, when you're, you're not dealing with that crust and that texture from the crust. You really need to amp up the spices and the seasoning even more. So, you know, we start with a blend. We've got like three different types of pepper in there from red pepper, black pepper, white pepper, you know, cumin, garlic, onion, paprika for some of the color, um, dredge that chicken through. And, you know, we already have, because of course, if it's Popeye's, it's been marinated for 12 hours if not longer, usually longer. So that filet itself was marinated in that that same kind of mild flavor that you find in the filet. Like for blackened, like we have two versions. You can have classic or spicy, just like a regular crispy chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. So you can play with it, but blackened does not equate to hot or spicy. It's the difference to me between saying it's spiced or seasoned versus like, flaming hot like we're not going after a nashville hot chicken hallucinogenic experience here we were (laughs) going for just flavor and then you know you always have the chance to kind of customize to whether you're feeling you're feeling spicy or you're feeling mild you know or classic as we say so we have that kind of in the dna of the sandwich and what else is on the build what are the other components you know it's simple because like like anything I, i think over the years, just from my personal experience, I've learned that sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. So just those beautiful barrel cured pickles that we put on all the chicken sandwiches and your choice of the regular, which is blue plate mayo or spicy seasoning, which is the same one from the classic chicken sandwich build of our spicy number two red pepper blend that goes into the spicy chicken whipped mm-hmm. into that blue plate. And that's literally it. Same beautiful butter toasted piece of brioche. Just a little different take on it. You know, really heavily seasoned, like flavorful, but not not hot. Yeah. So I guess you didn't have to bring in many new skews. It was really developing the seasoning. 
Well, it is a, like that is a brand new, like it's, it's a, it's a really nice portion size of protein mm-hmm. that goes on that sandwich. So it is new and very specific for that sandwich. And that was the part that honestly took the seven tries to get it right. So I'm going on my lucky number seven. Okay, great. Well, I can't wait to try it next week. Um, and so do you expect other chains to copy the blackened chicken sandwich like they did with the fried chicken sandwich? Well, you know, I, I can't control other people's R&D <laughs> departments. Uh, however, <laughs> I think like anything, like the 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 fact that I, I think we've stopped counting, like how many different, you know, from independents to chains to everyone who, who kind of modeled what we did, which we we're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, that's like the highest form of flattery that anyone can give you is, right. is like trying to copy what you're doing. So, you know, if they want to try, like absolutely have at it. But um you know, first is always best. <laughs> right. But I know that you're doing like a copy this challenge too. We are. We are. Like we even put out like, hey, here are the spices. You guys can, you know, full <laughs> disclosure of what's going into this. But, you know, will they have the Popeye's love? They love that chicken touch that comes with it. Right. You know. <laughs> and they won't have four years to work on it. Exactly. <laughs> we did all the heavy lifting for the rest of the industry. You're welcome. <laughs> so are you focusing more on boneless products now because consumers are sort of looking for that with their to-go meals and portability and that kind of thing? Is that going to be more of your focus? I, You know what? We can never walk away from what has made us famous. So I think we spend a lot of time talking about our our flagship fried chicken as much as the boneless. So I don't look at it as either or. What did we mm-hmm. say? We release ourselves from the tyranny of the or and mm-hmm. lean heavy into and. It's boneless and fried chicken. And Thanksgiving is a really big deal for Popeyes, and that's coming up really soon. I've, I've never tried it, but I heard your fried turkeys are legendary. So how do you prepare these? First of all, I will tell you that I really need to make sure you try it this year. It is absolutely one of the most amazing things we we do. I've actually stopped cooking other turkeys at Thanksgiving. I wind up doing something different like goose or duck or even a crown crown rib roast and just serve Popeye's turkey at my house. Uh-huh. Uh, so it is, it's, it's that kind of like Creole butter flavor on the inside mm. and then it's rubbed. Actually, the spices are not too different from what goes into our blackened seasoning, a little less heavy on the black pepper, but then it's got that rub on the outside. And then it's the way we get it to you is it is a ready to eat product. So mm. you're essentially heating and serving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you the, the thing that I, it's like, it's to me the turkey and what happens afterwards because half the fun of Thanksgiving and, and cooking turkeys is like, so what do you do with all the leftover turkey? That turkey makes the most incredible turkey stock. And then I make gumbo out of that with the leftovers. Mm, yeah. So to me, I'm like like rubbing my hands together with anticipation because not just the day of, but everything that happens after when I make my gumbo you know, turkey sandwiches out of that. I mean, it is so flavorful all the way down to the bone because in that 
you know, something that people do when they talk about replicating a fried turkey, you literally are injecting. Like if you go to the grocery store and see these injector kits that show up around Thanksgiving, like Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that. You're trying to inject all that beautiful, like in our case, this Creole butter seasoning down into the meat. So it's, it's getting it from the kind of like the outs, the inside out as opposed to just like a dry rub on the outside and it's just sitting there and you have to wait for the osmosis to occur. Right. Um, that's one of those things that makes a Cajun turkey what it is. It's the technique as much as a flavor profile. Do you have to hire extra people to make all these turkeys at each location? Or we, we, we have this, it, it is made for us to our spec, to our recipe. Uh, we've had an amazing partner in the turkey industry for a very long time. So we've, we literally could not at one time. Yes. They literally tried to do this in every restaurant. And as you can imagine, like we would never keep up. The demand is so much stronger than anything we could ever keep up that we had to, to go years ago to find someone to help us make this. So now it's as simple as calling up your local Popeyes and and asking them to to put one on hold for you. Go to a Popeyes, see if it's there. Um, I always, it's so funny, you find out who the friends you never knew you had <laughs> uh, in markets where somebody may have not gotten their turkey in time and they're, they're like calling, like trying to phone a friend to get a turkey. And I'm like, dude, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have one left in my house and it is mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I will definitely have to try it sometime. I, yeah. I, I do have Popeyes near me, so I can go and check it out. Yes. They, they still have one. I know one of my colleagues said she might be too late in ordering hers because sometimes they run out. They, and- exactly. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that I have sat on the phone because I needed one and literally had to call 10 restaurants to get one, like, you know, three days before Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen this year. No, mine's in the... <laughs> I am right. And I know that Popeye's introduces some really unique LTOs like the crawfish and once there was a beer can chicken. So what are some of the others? And, you know, what are some that might be in the pipeline for 2023 that you can reveal? I. Uh, well, I can. I, there's only so much that that I can talk about, but you know, the the first big out of the gate coming next year. You know, Lent is such a big deal for Popeyes that you can always expect us to do something really exciting around shrimp flavors or. Um, like we've been doing this flounder sandwich for the past couple of years. It's coming back again next year, mm-hmm. and it's just great. Um, it kind of kind of rides in on the wave of the crispy chicken sandwich and now blackened. Um, the same concept with the butter toasted brioche, the the pickles. Now we use tartar sauce instead of straight mayo on the Cajun flounder, but it's always a big hit. And yes, you can also get it spicy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see, you know, we, we've like last, last year, or this year, I feel like it was last year, this, this year has gone by so fast. We we did the Buffalo Ranch chicken sandwich, which is a really good example of how we try to come back and do unique spins and flavors. Like we've got a lot of things like that up our sleeve. Mm-hmm. So just that's kind of a bit of a teaser. But, you know, for us, it's really about bringing the story of Popeyes to the rest of the world. You know, we're, we're a Louisiana brand. We're going to do 
you know, what I like to call telling the story and building a bridge back to the state of Louisiana and the cuisine that inspires us, but trying to do it in a way that's very approachable for everyone. Right. I know that you're really into the Cajun and Creole flavor profiles, but are there other flavor profiles that you're experimenting with or exploring? Well, you know, it's funny because I traveled to New Orleans early and often. I was was there last week and it's still always our inspiration point. And I think something that, you know, it's just like you look at all the different great food cities and in just the U S alone, you know, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, New Orleans is right up there in the mix. Right. Oh, for and sure. It's, and it's always evolving. So I find a lot of inspiration around really, interesting Asian flavors. Uh, there's There's been kind of like a Latin takeover of a lot of restaurants in, in New Orleans right now as well. So, you know, it, when we say Louisiana is our inspiration point, I'm also saying that from a seat that acknowledges the evolution that continually happens, and, you know, basically in any city, but I notice it more in New Orleans because it was already this incredible melting pot of people who came together and created something like really unique. You know, we talk about the original seven cultures that came together and created kind of like Cajun and Creole flavors. You know, you got the German, Italian, Spanish, French, British, uh, German, Native American, and of course, you know, the West African influence that was, you know, in Louisiana and the Caribbean at that time. And since then, we've added, you know, the Irish. The, there's a big Czechoslovakian, or I guess we presence that that does a lot of like the oyster farms mm-hmm. along the coast. You've got huge influx of people who came up from Mexico after Katrina to help rebuild the city. Mm. Uh, the Vietnamese population is tremendous. They're really integral to the whole seafood and and. Uh, fishing industry. It's Mm -hmm. not just, you know, it's like you take the whole Gulf Coast from New Orleans over to Houston and there's a heavy Vietnamese influence. So we continually pull on all of that stuff and it gets really exciting as we talk about kind of the growth of the brand outside the U.S. because we're really like we're importing and exporting ideas at the same rate. Right. Well, I know you have a very large international presence and You're continue, continuing to expand globally. So do you ever use any of the menu items that you serve, you know, globally and try and incorporate them into the menu in the U.S.? Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because the blackened chicken sandwich that we're launching now, uh, we had actually used that concept. It had a different iteration of bread and sauce, but we first launched a version of a blackened chicken sandwich in Brazil four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we have a version of it on the menu in Switzerland, of all places, and it has coleslaw on it. Um, And it's amazing. And I I can't tell how many a day they're selling. I haven't looked in a long time, but it's still a very healthy subset of the sandwich mix. Um, And that's one of those things that we see and we're learning more and more about is like, not just what 
you know, like a, you know, a master franchisee in Switzerland decided to put this build together, but we're also organically seeing some really fun ideas that come across on TikTok and Instagram of people taking things with our food and creating new combinations. So, you know, when we talk about inspiration, yes, we pull in and share ideas back and forth um, from, from our, from our markets around the globe. But we also are getting some really interesting feedback and ideas being pulled out of what we see happening in social media. So it's a really interesting way to kind of like draw your inspiration of what will eventually, we hope, make it to a menu. Are you on TikTok yourself? <laughs> Me personally? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from, the, from the viewpoint of like, Keeping an eye on my kids, yes. From the other standpoint, I am on it. Like I, I call that the rabbit hole. It's like, oh my gosh! An hour later, I just realized I've been on TikTok <laughs> looking at food and beverage videos mm -hmm. for hours on end. <laughs> it is very addictive. It is incredibly ad addictive. Yes. <laughs> So as we wrap up, what are you most looking forward to personally and professionally as we move into 2023? Well, I think we've we've rounded the corner of kind of like weathering what we've dealt with the past couple of years. I think for me personally, uh, having created that chicken sandwich line and now we're coming back with a blackened version. And I think there's so many miles to be had with that. But I'm also really excited about looking at where we can go with getting people excited about bone-in fried chicken, you know, like the classic fried chicken product, because that's what I was referring to. To me, it's not, do we just do boneless or do we just do bone-in? It's like, we need to focus on both and make sure we're, we're selling the most exciting products out there. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is just to kind of like continue to, I call it like the evangelizing of the Popeye's story and the flavor, because when we sit and talk to guests and we do this early and often, when they talk about us, they talk about us as like, like we're a flavor, like chocolate, vanilla, Popeyes. <laughs> like we're a walking flavor profile. And so that tells me that our guests are like super engaged with, you know, bold, exciting iterations. And so how many more ways can I get that into their mouths? That's what I want to focus on. And how about personally? Do you have any goals for 2023? 2023? Um, well, I am so jazzed about working at Popeye's and doing all these fun, exciting things that allow me to travel places and, and meet people. And, and so that's what I'm always so excited about. You know, I, I think, you know, I was an English major, media advertising surprisingly factored in there a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I stuck with the restaurant industry because it's such an amazing group of people to be around every day. And so I'm just excited to keep continuing on that journey. Thanks so much, Amy. It was a lot of fun hearing about your culinary journey and Popeye's innovative approach to menu development. You can download this and past episodes of Menu Feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Pat Kobe. Mm -hmm.